Welcome to The Table. I'm your host, Jeff Harpole. I'm reading today from 1 Corinthians chapter 12, and I'll begin with verse 12, uh, just so we can have some clarity. This is what Paul writes to the church at Corinth. He says, For as the body is one and hath many members, and all the members of that one body being many are one body, so also is Christ. For by one Spirit are we all baptized into one body, whether we be Jews or Gentiles, whether we be bond or free, and have been made all uh, have been all made to drink into one spirit. Now he's going to give a description uh, of the human anatomy. For the body is not one member but many. Of course, he also sounds like he's offering a little rebuke here. He said, "If the foot shall say, because I'm not the hand, I'm not of the body, is it therefore not of the body? Of course not. It's part of the body." Verse sixteen: If the ear shall say, "I'm not the eye." I'm not part of the body. Is it not of the body? If the I'll paraphrase here. If the whole body were an eye, where's the hearing? Or if it was just hearing, where's the smelling? And now verse 18, Paul shifting from that analogy to the church, obviously. He says, but now hath God set the members, every one of them in the body as it hath pleased him. We're all members of that body. So, Today I'm talking about the church body and the function of the church body, how important it is. There are a couple of things we'll we'll discuss here at the table, and one of those things is the spirit of discouragement for people that are within the church. Sometimes people don't realize how important they are. And we have put a lot of emphasis on the external gifts especially those that are artistic singers and, and musicians and platform um, personnel, public speakers, teachers, and preachers. But everyone is critical to the body. So that's the enemy that tries to divide us, to discourage us, to tell us that we're not useful or needful. This is not true. We are a body and we function together. The second thing we need to recognize here is that the body is built for its own health. It has to help itself. It has the ability to do that. Um, encouraging words, prayer, covering, serving. There has to be people that will uh, activate um, a servant spirit and help other folks. This happens outside of the church, but mostly even uh, away from the platform. And then comes this idea of growth and the assimilation of the sinner or the non-believer. They're coming into the church and they need to learn how to function within the culture of Jesus Christ. So there is a culture of, of Pentecost. There's a culture, uh, individual culture, also of our own churches. And um, a functional, healthy church body will help people to assimilate uh, into that culture. And then there's one more thing, and I want to focus on this, this one aspect of this church body, and that is the church transfer, the church transfer. <laughs> um, we had a young man in our church um, a few years ago. I think he was here about 10 years ago, and his lungs had quit working, and he was dying, and he needed 
lung transplant. He needed lungs, and um, this was going to fare very poorly for him. But uh, there was a he was on a list, and 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 something had happened, and he went into the hospital, and there was there was a possibility of of uh, new lungs that could be uh, surgically implanted in him. But the problem was that the blood type didn't match up. And then it happened again where there was another set of lungs he could receive, but they, there was something else wrong. Um, you see, the host body needed the lungs. There, there are people who need a liver or, or a kidney transplant. Um, um, and yet, even though the body, the human body would die um, without it, uh, it will not accept uh, a, a, the transfer of the organ, the transfer of lungs or, or liver, if it doesn't match the body. This is, a, this is an incredible phenomenon. The, the, the body would rather die than to accept uh, a heart or a liver that will not submit to it. And even though it will die without it, uh, it, it, will not, it will not bend uh, if you will, to the needful organ. And so we see that happening when people move from church to church. Now, some of this is natural. Some of this happens with a new job or a relocation or a retirement. Something happens where, where people move from one church to the other. Sometimes people are offended and they, they need to go to a different church. I, I'm, I'm sorry that that people get offended. I know that I've made mistakes and didn't handle situations right and people left me and they went to another church because they needed to be saved and I didn't do everything right. And I wish I could have gone back and corrected my mistake as a leader, but they left. And some people left uh, us because they weren't right and um, and they wouldn't submit and, and serve and they didn't want to be a part of, of the church. But we've also uh, received people uh, that that came from another church and and in communication with the other pastor, you know some of those people came for natural reasons. But the transfer has to move into the body and and if if the transfer comes, that person, they're usually already believers, they've already been baptized in Jesus name. They've already received the baptism of the Holy Spirit. So I'm not going to baptize them. Uh, I'm not going to marry them if they're already married. All these things have been established. But when they come to a new church, they they cannot come with their preconceived ideas. And church transfers have wounded and killed so many ministries in the in the new church that they're that they're coming to because they don't realize they are the transplanted organ. Maybe we need them. Maybe we are desperate to have them. But still the damage can be done if they don't submit to the culture of the church they're, they're, they're coming to. Now, we all make mistakes because we're so desperate to have, and I'll use these analogies of a new heart, new lungs, new liver. We, we need that. We're, we're so desperate for it um, that sometimes we accept them on their terms and great harm is done. So if you have to transfer to another place at any time, here's what you have to do. And I tell folks this, they have to adopt me as their pastor. They have to adopt me. Um, 
years ago, I, I was at lunch with a young man and he didn't know anything about really anything about the apostolic faith, but I taught him, I baptized him. I prayed with him when he received the baptism of the Holy ghost. He married one of our girls in our church and he's a phenomenal guy. And whatever I preach to him, he believes because he's my convert. <laughs> I have some other folks in the church that one, one time I said they were transfers, a transplants. And uh, I said, I said, as a way of complimenting, I said, I'm so glad that you've been here all these years. You've done so well. And in their own complimentary way, they said to me, well, pastor, you preach what we believe. So let's go back to the first guy. He doesn't preach what, he, I, he doesn't believe, uh, I'm sorry, I, I don't preach what he believes. I don't preach what he believes. Whatever I preach, he believes. Now the second set of people, um, they're here because I'm preaching what they already believe. So the first guy, if I said uh, Abraham was in the ark, he would believe it. If I said um, Noah was in the ark, he would believe it. Whatever I'm preaching, he believes because he's my convert. So the second group, the second couple, if, if I deviate from what they already believe, then they leave uh, because they're only here because I'm doing what they want. So they've got to adopt me as their pastor. And if they don't, their transplants, they'll hurt the body. And of course, they have done that effectively and things have changed over the years. But I have made mistakes by allowing people to come as a church transplant. They came in. They never adopted me. I was never their spiritual authority. They always questioned everything that I did. And the reason why is because they didn't fit. I thought they would fit, but they didn't. And they hurt the body. So Paul's going to write, hey, this is the body of Jesus Christ. We're all one body. Well, if that body doesn't function to care for itself, then that body will destroy itself. Um, my mother had uh, my my older brother, and then and then there was a there was a, a medical problem. There was a blood issue, and uh, it was the R maybe it's R R H factor, and so um, this this factor where is wherein the 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 mother's blood cells attack um, the infant, and so there's or the or the or the the unborn baby. And so she, she could have died back in those days. They didn't have the, the medicine to, um, to prevent this. And so she was, she was dying. And so you can see where there's an attack, internal attack. And so a, a lot of the issues that we come up against are not really demonic issues. They're internal issues. And those internal issues have a lot to do with established saints and established believers. When the body is not functioning correctly, it's at odds with itself. It eats at itself. And Paul will, will even write in this, in this chapter of 1 Corinthians chapter 12, there shouldn't be any, any schisms in the church, no division in the church, verse 25. And uh, the members ought to have care for one another. Well, 
Why is he telling us that there should be no divisions in the church? Why is he saying that, that, that there should be no division? The reason why is because there are divisions. There were divisions. There will be divisions. So you can, you can say, well, the devil is against the church and the enemy and the world is pressing against the church. Well, the fact of the matter is that there is, there is no greater destruction than the church fighting against itself. And so the body has to operate um, just as a human body operates. Everyone matters. But when there's a transplant, that transplant must submit to the current body. And this is not always easy, especially for established saints. This is not easy. They come, they move into a place, and they enjoy the worship. They're, they're, they're part of the congregation but they bring their ideas, they bring their preferences, they bring their um, their assumptions inside of the church, and then they express those, and they can cause great division. They do it sometimes subtly, sometimes they're not uh, malicious, uh, but they'll say, "Well, we used to do it differently uh, where I came from," or, "Or you know, we had better success in a different way." And so, all of a sudden, there's pressure on the ministry to perform for the benefit of the transplant and the transplant is starting to hurt the body. That transplant can destroy the internal function of the church family because it has not submitted. We need it. We have to have the heart. We have to have the lung, but it's killing the church body. And we've seen this time and time again. And then when they decide, Oh, we don't fit here after some time, it tears uh, the body apart. This movement has been uh, has has caused uh, great danger to uh, the the apostolic church, and it's not just our church. Of course, it's many different churches. I I have a very good Baptist friend who talked to me about people have, that have moved in and moved out, and when they moved out, he said when people moved back out, they took with them innocent bystanders, people that were just naive and they didn't know. And that happens every time. Young people are involved. Children are involved. Innocent people are involved. And new converts get involved in that because the body is not together. And there is a schism and division. So in this podcast, I'm, I'm just talking about this at the table. This table, we have to have an open conversation. Um, as a pastor, I've made multiple mistakes. And one of those mistakes has been to think that I can help everybody. Oh man, talk about arrogant. I, I, I've been cut and the, I've been cut by my own means. I've done it to myself because I was thinking, oh, I can help them. I can help somebody. Um, you know, some people are hurt, but not everyone who shows up at the church saying we've been wounded, we've been hurt. And maybe they hurt themselves and maybe they were preacher killers. Maybe they were pastor killers. A good friend of mine, I won't even say where he was from, but he went to a church and he started having great revival at the church. He was picking people up, but the the home folk did not like that. And the retired pastor didn't like that. And the retired pastor's family didn't like it. And all of a sudden, they put their foot down. They said, oh, no, you're not going to grow this church. We're not going to be displaced from our pews. So they stopped giving tithes and offerings. They, they, would, they would participate in the songs, and then when he got up to preach, they would sit silent. And man, they ran him right off. They were 
preacher killers, pastor killers. Um, so I, I, I want you to know that, um, that you can't help everyone. And we think we can. And maybe it's not arrogancy. Maybe it's just compassion. Maybe we are trying to do our best, but not everyone wants to be helped. And not everyone who claims they've been wounded have actually been wounded. Some of those people know how to play the game. And preachers are left, you know, we're, we're kind of left in a lurch. And, and um, we, we want to think the best of everyone. I know that I, I have. And so um, by accepting them, uh, I've learned now, I have to say, wait a second. This is not a perfect church. I'm not a perfect pastor. And if you're going to come here, um, you can't come because you don't want to be where you were. You've got to come because you have a love for where we are and you'll have to adopt me as your pastor and you'll have to learn the customs and the culture of this church. I, I will tell you, it takes at least one year for a person to assimilate into any church. You've got to go through Easter and Christmas and Thanksgiving. You need to go through what the summer looks like and you've got to go through all those seasons of the year to really know where you're at. It takes a long time to assimilate. And sometimes as a, as a pastor or a leader, uh, we want to use people right away because we see their talent and how we need them. And sometimes folks who are transplants want to get involved right away without being submissive to the anointing of their leader. And they need to stop and recognize, wait, that's the man of God. That's the man of God over this body. God has ordained him to be an under shepherd and I'm going to submit myself to him. So today at the table, I, I want to talk about the church body and the church family and how important it is for us to have a healthy church body. If we could exercise patience and love, compassion, submission, uh, there, there would be, there would be great health. I, I, if you have to move from one church to another, then go in with a servant spirit. Go in humbly. Don't go in speaking. Go in listening. If you, if you, by whatever means, maybe a job transfer or perhaps you, you moved somewhere to be with family or you had to move uh, to another apostolic church, then enter that place um, knowing you are the transplant. That is the body of Jesus Christ operating and they may need your talent, your skill, your ability, but, but just know God is the one in control and you're not the problem solver. You're not there to heal. You're not there to help. You're there to, to serve. Um, you're not there to dictate or to showcase anything. And you have to be very careful, especially seasoned saints that are moving from one place to another. Just, just know uh, people have a routine and we want to be honorable. We want to honor them and have, and have compassion and, and humility among our brother. And if we don't talk like this, I, I don't know very many forums that actually speak about church transplants or church transfers, but we need to have more open conversations about that. And for the pastors that are listening and leaders, we need to have more communication and among each other. Now, I will tell you that when the pastor is wounded or aggravated or hurt or 
or they're just fed up with, with, with someone and, and that person leaves. It's very hard to give a good recommendation to someone who's left you. <laughs> it's really hard. It's hard to say to the next pastor who's calling, hey, you know, um, the Williams family, the Jones family, you know, Tom and, and Sue, they've come over, you know, and, and man, if Tom and Sue have, if they've done me dirty, it's hard for me to say to that, to that pastor, oh yes, these are wonderful people. They're going to help you. Um, so we really, this is a real struggle for us. You know, um, it's a real struggle to lose people. It's a real struggle to introduce people to someone else. And, and especially if, if they've done something wrong, um, it's very difficult for us to say, oh, listen, these, these people are going to do good. I, of course, the common thing is I hope you can help them. <laughs> Th- that's a code for their trouble. You know, there's code. Uh, rarely are we going to say, you know, I messed up. I, I, or rarely we're going to say, you know what? They caused me a lot of trouble and I'm just not equipped to deal with them. And, and I'm praying that you would help them. Um, so it, it, these conversations are difficult to have. That means, and, and it de- makes a demand on ministers, preachers, uh, and leaders to have trust and communication between one another. And if we can do that, we can help people. And, and sometimes people do need to move to another place because they don't fit. It just, it's oil and water. I, listen, I, I, I enjoy Southern gospel music, but some of you are listening to this. That's all you enjoy. You enjoy Southern gospel music. I, I can, I like it. I've, I'm saying Southern gospel music's good. You know, every once in a while, I'll even do a David Phelps song. It's very high. The keys are very high. Uh, I used to be able to sing them regularly, but you know, the, the key is so high. I have a brain aneurysm every time that I sing one of those. So I'm going to let somebody else do it now. I don't sing Southern gospel music all the time. We don't have a steel guitar in our church, but somebody might love that. No, I don't know what we do. I, I lean more to the old gospel and black gospel music, but you know, there's a lot of contemporary stuff there and there's other songs. I don't like all the songs that we even sing, but, but I worship the Lord and, and I know this is not all about me. Um, I, you know, I grew up in the eighties, so, you know, I've got a different repertoire of music that I enjoy. So sometimes people need to go to another church because that's where they fit. Even worship style, they fit. Um, some people like a preacher that screams all the time. He screams and, and he pounds his fist and throws things at him. I mean, maybe that's what they need. I, I don't do that. Um, I always said I'm not the sheriff of Nottingham running around trying to find out what you're doing wrong. I don't have Facebook, and that gives me a clear conscience so I can preach the word. I don't troll people, but there are people who do that. That's how they lead. Uh, I don't know, but whatever they do, all I'm telling you is that Sometimes folks need to go to a church where they fit into the culture. And it's not against me. Although years ago, I did think it was. I thought, well, what's wrong with me? Why can't you adopt or, or change? Adapt, rather. Why can't you adapt? Well, that wasn't their upbringing. And so they needed to go to a place where they were more comfortable with the culture, sometimes even the worship and music culture. And so I had to release them, and I did it reluctantly. I'm doing better these days. I'm not, I'm not great at it, but I'm doing better these days. And I'm trying to go back and recover and say, thank the Lord that that person they're being ministered to, they're on their way to heaven. 
they're living for God. They're doing great things for the kingdom. And it's a release for me. But I know that the church body, the place that I lead, that I've been privileged to lead and pastor, I know this body of believers, we are powerful when we are together. We can do anything when we are together. We, we, we can reach the world and we can, we can pray fire down from heaven. We, we can give to any missionary and build anything if we are united and together. But if this body uh, is separated, divided, then we are dis- we're destroyed. It doesn't matter how many people come to the church. It doesn't matter if you're debt-free. It doesn't matter if your offerings are large. Uh, sometimes uh, large offerings do not give an indication of how dysfunctional the church is. It might just mean that people are routinely giving. I- I'm glad they give. But that does not denote a healthy church. Yes, it has uh, some weight to it, but... We want to be a functional body that reaches the lost and and obeys the scripture and raise, uh, raises children to fear the Lord. And we want to be uh, apart from the world. We want, to, we want to retain holiness and godliness and at the same time assimilate new people with patience, love, and long-suffering so that they can become apostolic Pentecostals. The body has to be healthy. And so... There's many things that we have to do to make sure that body is healthy. But today at the table, I'm talking specifically about church transplants, church transfers, people that are already saved. They already return their ties. They're already givers. They may already support missionaries. They already know um, about holiness standards and they have scriptures memorized. They've heard a lot of scriptures and a lot of lessons and sermons. Those folks, when they come to a new church, there are some requirements of them. It is not uh, the onus, the burden should not be on the host church to assimilate them. They ought to be mature enough to come in and be humble and say, oh, wait a second. This is a precious family of God. It is a functional body and I've got to be careful and I've got to come in humbly with submission in my voice and serving in my hands and recognition of the spiritual authority in this house. And when that happens, then that's when that new heart, new lung, new needful place can, uh, needful item, needful person, ministry, talent, ability, then that's when uh, the body becomes stronger and more functional, uh, uh, better equipped, because that church transplant, that church transfer has come in the right way. And when that happens, oh, there's great joy. So at the table today, we really want to think about our churches and the church family, this body of Jesus Christ. I'm so glad you came to the table. There's so much more to come.